life is to find health happiness and usefulness and usefulness we should not just live only for ourselves but we should be useful to other people also If you see in the whole nature, I'll tell now. In the entire nature, you see everything exists to serve us take for example this bunch of flowers here they are in their own way serving us the purpose of the plant is to bring flowers and the flowers to give us fragrance and beauty so in that way they are serving everybody <coughs> you see a basket full of apples here the apple tree is serving us by giving its fruit to us Have you ever seen any apple tree eating its own fruit? Hmm? No. I will give time to question until I finish my talk you should be listening to me. After my talk I will ask you to ask questions then you can ask me questions. So the apple tree after having grown and producing so many hundreds of fruits it's giving all its fruits to us that way the apple tree is useful to everybody 
A candle, when you lit it, it melts, but it gives us light. While giving light, it dies little by little. So the purpose of the candle is to serve us by giving light. Likewise, you see everything in the world serving others. They do not live just for themselves. And human beings also should learn to live like that. Always serving others. Now, if we want to serve others, we should keep ourselves fit. We must be in good condition physically and mentally so that we can serve everybody well. If our body falls sick, our mind falls sick, we cannot serve others. Instead, we will be probably a nuisance to others. So, instead of our serving others, if we become nuisance to others, then our life's mission is not fulfilled. So the purpose of yoga is to keep you fit physically and mentally so that you can fulfill the mission of your life. And that is the law of very nature. You may, if you believe in God, you may say that is the law of God. As you see, all the great religions this is the common message behind all the religions. Take for example in the Christian world, when they kneel in front of the cross, they are supposed to learn the message sacrifice from the cross. That means they have to dedicate their life for the service of others. And you cannot dedicate your life to others if you lead a selfish life. Vous ne pouvez pas consacrer votre vie à autrui si vous, vivez, si vous menez une vie égoïste. 
That means you have to become selfless. Cela veut dire il faut devenir non égoïste. So renouncing the selfishness is what you call a monk's life. Ainsi, renoncer à l'égoïsme est ce qu'on appelle la vie monacale. Or a dedicated life. Ou une vie dédiée. And that is what is meant by nirvana in Buddhism also. C'est ce qui est entendu par nirvana dans le bouddhisme aussi. In Buddhism you renounce, in Nirvana you renounce your selfishness. You become clean. So with this aim in mind, the yoga philosophy gives various practices. And the practices should take care of our physical, mental, intellectual, social, and spiritual too. And spiritual life. Because a person is a combination of all these different aspects. That's why when you use all the different practices to take care of your complete personality, we call that integral yoga. It's not just one side alone. On appelle cela le yoga intégral. Ce n'est pas simplement un seul côté. Sometimes people practice only the hatha yoga, the physical postures. Quelquefois, des gens ne pratiquent que le côté physique, c'est-à-dire le hatha yoga. And the breathing techniques. Et les techniques de respiration. It takes care of the body well. Cela s'occupe bien, prend bien soin du corps. And in a limited way, it takes care of the mind also. But there are many other sides of the individual. So you have to combine all the various practices. And one of the various practices is what you just did now. We call that chanting. In chanting you use certain holy names or mantras. The names or the mantras produce beautiful, healing, soothing vibration. They have great power to clean your system. Nowadays the scientists have invented machines to use sound vibrations to clean objects. If it is too long, I will make small. Huh? Okay. Is it okay?
Is it okay? Or? No, no, it's all right. No, I'm just telling you if it is too long, I can break. Many of you know that when you give your watches or jewels, for the purpose of cleaning, they use certain machines where the sounds are used. It cleans with sound vibration. There are operations performed with sound vibration. So, in yoga philosophy also, you use sound vibrations to clean the body and mind. That's why I requested you to try this chanting Om. Even in the Bible, it is said in the very beginning itself that in the beginning there was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. So what it means by Word is sound. So God's first manifestation or expression is sound. So if we could produce certain sounds in our system, we will be able to communicate with that cosmic sound. That means we will be able to have communion with God. And the Sanskrit or the Indian word for communion is yoga. So through yoga you not only have communion with God, but you learn to have communion with your fellow men also. And through Hatha Yoga, the asanas and pranayama, you clean your physical body and vital body. Certainly, I don't need to talk much about the benefits of Hatha Yoga to you. You are all Hatha Yogis, I know. I give you an incident. It happened in Ceylon. Once I was driving from a town called Kandy towards Colombo.
And just recently, at that time, the Ceylon, the country Ceylon, got its independence. So the politicians on the platform said to the people, you all got freedom now. We are all free people now. So some of the country people felt that they are free to do anything they want. So as I was driving, I saw a few people sitting right in the middle of the road and playing cards. And I stopped the car and walked towards them and said, what are you doing in the road, in the middle of the road? They said, why? We are free people. <laughs> we got our freedom and uh, we should do whatever we want. Then I said, it's fine. Uh, in that case, uh, don't you think that I have my freedom? Oh, yes, you are also a free man now. Okay, then I would like to drive over you. <laughs> so I got into the car and started the car. As the car went near them, they all got up and walked up. <laughs> that is where we misunderstand liberty or freedom. In our own body, we have different limbs, organs. If all of a sudden your nose wants the freedom of eating something instead of the mouth, And if you put some of your food into the nose, because the nose says, I have also freedom, I must eat. <laughs> you will suffocate to die. If your leg says, I must have freedom, I must sit on your head and the head should walk. We cannot live happily then. If the heart takes a little freedom and stops to work for a while, what will happen? Why should I work constantly, even during sleep? I must have freedom and let me also sleep for a little while. They'll put me, they'll put you into a box and nail it. They'll put you into a box and nail it and send it away when the heart sleeps. <laughs> when the heart sleeps, they'll put you into a box, put nails and then take it away into a different area. <laughs> 
Quand le cœur dort, alors on vous mettra dans une boîte, fermez les coups, et on vous enverra dans une autre région. So, all our organs must work in a cooperative way. They have their freedom, but not to interfere with other organs. At the same time, they should do their job well. That's what you call freedom. It has a discipline. If the four wheels of your car want freedom and each one starts going in different direction, can you drive safely on the road? They should be controlled by the steering wheel. The wheel should be controlled by the steering wheel. So there is a control. But it's not a slavery. It is a discipline. So that everything can go smoothly. And that is also part of yoga. That is the way, by doing our job well, without interfering with others, we allow the common purpose go well. Now, we are gathering here for a purpose. The purpose is that you have asked me to come and say something, and you are there to listen to what I say. So if that purpose should go well, you should allow me to talk, and you should listen carefully, and if there is any doubt, when I give an opportunity, you can ask me the question. And if possible, I will explain it to you to your satisfaction. But if by any chance I made a mistake and you are correct, I would learn from you. We don't come here to sit on the platform to say that we know everything and you know nothing. We are here to share our knowledge. Even by sitting here and telling you something, I can learn more from you. So constantly we learn from each other. If we allow that to happen, we live harmoniously. So it is the harmony that is what is called yoga. We were talking about the Hatha yoga practices. 
We were talking about Hatha Yoga. The physical postures and breathing. And I said that almost everyone knows what Hatha Yoga is. The yoga practices take care of the body by relieving its tension, by eliminating the toxins in the body, and make the body more supple. The breathing techniques clean the lungs, and the extra oxygen that you breathe in burns out all the toxins, puts in more vitality to the body, and makes you immune to many of the small diseases. You become more healthier. And the other important benefit of breathing is to keep your mind calm and serene. Because when the mind is agitated, the breath also gets agitated. And vice versa. If the breath gets agitated, the mind will get agitated. So whenever you are disturbed mentally, if you could take a few minutes to have a few deep breathing, you will see that very soon you find calm in the mind. That is the reason why when you practice some deeper practices like meditation, it is always recommended that you do a little simple deep breathing at least before you do your meditation. It makes the mind fit to meditate. And by meditation you, you focus your mind. You make the mind very one-pointed. It makes the mind strong. And with a strong and one-pointed mind, you can achieve success in your life. Because if the mind is one-pointed, you can, you can be a good person in whatever field you are. 
Car si le mental est concentré, vous pouvez être une bonne personne dans n'importe quel champ où vous vous trouviez. N'importe quel domaine où vous vous trouviez. If you are a student, with the one-pointed mind, you can learn your lessons more quickly. If you are a teacher, you can teach well. If you are a businessman, you can do better business. Same way, where you are a lawyer or an engineer or a doctor, Whatever you are, you need a very well-focused, strong mind. And another very important aspect in yoga is to follow certain virtues. So that the mind can be kept clean. Because the body and mind become impure by the wrong things coming into. I mentioned about the toxins that creates tension in the body. We are all born with soft and supple bodies as babies. You seldom see a very tense body of a baby. But as the baby grows older and older, the body gets stiff. It is because of the improper diet. If your diet contains too much of toxins, they bring tension in the body. So the diet must be plain and free from any toxins. So in the name of yoga, we recommend you to eat the right food. And food, yeah, right food. At the same time, even the right food should be eaten at the right quantity. Because the wrong food not only affects the body, but it affects the mind also. If you like to know the difference between a right food and a wrong food, I would recommend you to go to a zoo and watch the animals well. Had you been to zoo? What kind of animals are put in cage and what animals are let loose outside? Quels sont les animaux qui sont mis en cage et ceux qui ne sont pas? 
When I say what kind, I mean the animals are classified according to their food. So the animals that are put in the cage eat certain food, and the animals that are more or less let out eat a different type of food. Can you tell me the differences? Animals shouldn't be put in cages anyway. Yeah, that is of course true. Do you understand what I mean? Why no. animals are in cages? Wild animals, uh, animals which would eat men or hurt men. That's what. Eat men and eat animals also. Animals oh. eat other animals also. Are in a way, animals that eat animal food are caged. Animals that eat vegetable food are more or less let loose. And even in the cage you can see that they are restless. <laughs> yes. But other animals like cow, goat, Horse, even the large animal, the elephant, you can see a sort of peace in their face. They are not ferocious. So you can see the marked difference between the food that they eat. And not only the difference in their mental attitude, but even in their bodily conditions. The animals that eat the animal food or the non-vegetarian food They smell bad. Their perspiration, their excretas, they all smell very bad. Whereas the animals that eat vegetarian food, they don't smell bad. You can go on here, you can even smell their mouth, you don't feel any bad smell. You can even touch their excretas, I mean the cow dung under this, 
They don't smell bad. Because they are the result of a pure food. <coughs> There also you see the difference in food. So we should decide what kind of body we need and what kind of mind we need. If we could eat vegetarian food, there is no reason for our perspiration or any excretas to smell bad. A strict vegetarian will never smell bad even if he doesn't take bath for a week or two. But non-vegetarians, even if they take bath every day with big, big cakes of soap, <laughs> still they have to hide their smell with all this anti <laughs> You know the deodorants? What do you call them? Antiperspiration. Because you are trying to cover the bad smell with some scent outside. It's just like sweeping the floor and putting the dirt under the rug. The house looks clean but not clean really. The house looks clean, but really it is not clean. All the dirt is under the rug. So we have to be very careful about the food that we eat. That's also part of yoga. And the liquids that we drink, there again lot of difference. A glass of milk, a cup of water, do not affect your brain, it makes you calm and soothing. But a, a little alcohol will make you <laughs> simply go round. <laughs> It intoxicates your mind. You may say, no, no, I don't drink until I get intoxicated, but I drink a little bit. But uh, even the little has an effect on the body. So our liquids should also be clean. Anything that is fermented will affect the body. And another thing that goes into the body is breath. That is the most important thing. Sometimes we can stay out 
without the food for a few days. We can even live without drinking for a day. But we cannot live without breathing. So breath is very important. If the breath doesn't go in, we die. So that is the very life. And that should be clean. If we don't inhale clean air and plenty of oxygen, we will slowly become weak and fall sick. That is the reason why we are asked to learn to breathe deeply. And if you begin to breathe deeply, you take more oxygen. But one thing, if you decide to take more oxygen, nobody is going to send a big bill for you. You don't need to pay even a single franc more because it's all free. Do you ever pay for your breath? Hmm? Oxygen is free. Nature has given it to you or God has given it to you. And that is the life-giving breath. See, the life-giving breath is free to you. Do you understand this point well? The very important life-giving breath is just free. But you, many of you don't want to take that free breath. Instead, how many people go and buy packets of nicotine and... It's not free. And it's not clean. It's poison. See? Free nectar like air is available plenty. When, when nectar is free, you don't want that. You go and buy with your hard-earned money some poison. How many people do that? And we think it's a fashion to smoke. But it fills your lungs with nicotine. And that weakens your entire system. You can easily fall sick. 